Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now, last time we were reading in Genesis chapter 24. And in that chapter, we saw that uh, Abraham sent back to his country, his family, to find a bride for Isaac. Now, I am reading in the Amplified Bible. And the last verse here in chapter 24, just to kind of wrap that up for us, then Isaac brought her into his mother, Sarah's tent. Now remember, Sarah had died, okay? And he took Rebekah in marriage, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Therefore, Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So, this was, you know, Isaac's wife, Rebekah, okay? And uh, we're ready to read Genesis chapter 25. Abraham took another wife, whose name was Keturah. She gave birth to Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, or Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shuah. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. The sons of Dedan were Ashuram, Latushim and Lumim. The sons of Midian were Ephath, Ephur, Hanok, Abida, or maybe Abada, Eldah, or Eldaah. All these were the sons of Keturah. Now Abraham gave everything that he had to Isaac, but to the sons of his concubines, Hagar and Keturah. Now notice the difference. <coughs> he, um, even though it says he took another wife, Keturah, later it says, but to the sons of his concubines. So it's like, technically, to to him, or possibly just the way that, um, um, the way their culture was, that, uh, that, you know, Sarah would always be his real, true, you know, wife, okay? So that, that could just be the way that they did things in their, uh, that may have just been their way of doing things. Now Abraham gave everything he had to Isaac, but to the sons of his concubines, Hagar and Keturah, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living, and he sent them to the east country away from Isaac, his son, and this is of promise. The days of Abraham's life were a 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last, and he died at a good old age, an old man who was satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people who had preceded him in death. So his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, which is east of Memory. The field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth, there Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. Now after the death of Abraham, God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac lived at Birlahairo. And that, that's probably not a good pronunciation, but that's the best I'm going to do. <clears throat> Please bear with me on these. I'm, I'm not very good at that, I know. Now these are the records of the descendants of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's maid, bore to Abraham. 
And these are the names of the twelve sons of Ishmael, named in the order of their births. Nebath, the firstborn of Ishmael, and Kedar, Adbil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Massa, Hadad, Tima, Jetur, Nephish, and Kedemah. <clears throat> these are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their settlements and by their encampments. Now this has in parentheses sheepfolds. Twelve princes, or sheiks it has in parentheses, according to their tribes. Ishmael lived a hundred and thirty-seven years. Then he breathed his last and died, and was gathered to his people who had preceded him in death. Ishmael's sons' descendants settled from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt, as one goes toward Assyria. He settled opposite east of all his relatives. So, <coughs> so that's, that's worded kind of odd. He settled opposite of all his relatives. So it's like he settled away from his relatives. Probably, I guess, to, I don't know, maybe just to keep their lands and things separate. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to read into that, so I'm just going to let that stay as it is. He did settle opposite of all his relatives. Now, these are the records of the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, so he was 40 when he married Rebekah. Okay. The daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, Syrian, of Paddan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because he, she was unable to conceive children, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived twins. But the children struggled together within her, kicking and shoving one another. And she said, If it is so that the Lord has heard our prayer, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord, praying for an answer. The Lord said to her, The founders of two nations are in your womb, and the separation of two nations has begun in your body. The one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out reddish all over like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau, which meant hairy, I guess. They have hairy in parentheses. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand grasped Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. And that, in parentheses, they have one who grabs by the heel, supplanter. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. So they had been married 20 years before they had these children. Okay. When the boys grew up, Esau was an able and skilled hunter, a man of the outdoors. But Jacob was a quiet and peaceful man living in tents. Now Isaac loved and favored Esau because he enjoyed eating his game. But Rebekah loved and favored Jacob 
Jacob had cooked reddish-brown lentil stew one day. Now, they're adding in some of this, but I'm assuming that this is probably most likely correct. <clears throat> when Esau came from the field and was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, Please, let me have a quick swallow of that red stuff there, because I'm exhausted and famished. For that reason, Esau was also called Edom, or Red. Jacob answered first, Sell me your birthright, the rights of a firstborn. Esau said, Look, I'm about to die if I do not eat soon, so what use is this birth of what use is this birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear an oath to me today that you are selling it to me for this food. So he swore an oath to him and sold him his birthright. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and got up and went on his way. In this way, Esau scorned his birthright. Now there's several things, I think, that we should pay attention to and note here. They aren't specifically spelled out for us, but if you pay attention, the parents loved or preferred one child over the other. And this is a mistake, okay? You notice Isaac loved and preferred Esau, and he he wanted he liked eating his game. and And think about it: Esau was a man's man type of guy. He was he was active, he was strong, he was a hunter, you know. So of course his father favored him, okay? But he shouldn't have. He should have also appreciated Jacob's skills and talents. Jacob was, I mean, obviously, was the more, um, well, I hate to say it this way, but he was obviously, in a way, a little smarter, a little wiser than Esau. He easily purchased Esau's birthright, which he knew was important. And Esau did not value it. So there's, there's two things going on here. The, fa the two parents are favoring the two different children, and, and that is not good. And, and I'm not saying they should both favor the same one. I'm saying they shouldn't favor their children at all. They should appreciate their children for what they are, knowing that each one is going to have their own skills, their own character, you know, and their own, uh, uh, what, pluses and minuses, their own, you know, good and bad, because we're, we're all human. And uh, you should, you know, you should try and always love your children equally and care about them and and not show favoritism. Now, so that that in itself could cause um, enmity and conflict between your between children. Okay, and that can be lifelong. That can go on forever. Um, then, so there is that, and that's a problem. And then Esau, you'll notice here, Esau basically did not did not think very highly of the fact that he had this birthright, that he was the firstborn. Either that or, or he assumed that he could basically just lie and get his way. Now, I don't know which, and this does not clarify that, except, except that it does say in this way Esau scorned his birthright. So that makes me think that he really just didn't value it. He did not value his birthright more than a meal. And he was, he was probably hungry, I understand that, but he wasn't truly starving to death. You have to realize, so he comes in one day, I'm sure they have food, 
in their camp. You know, they were a well-to-do family for those days. I'm sure there was food. And he is coming in from the field, and he was hungry, you know, being hard at work, doing whatever he had been doing, maybe hunting, who knows. But he says, from the field, and was famished. So maybe he had been working, you know, when he was really hungry. But were you really going to starve? Could you not have gotten something else to eat? Did you need to sell your birthright away? You know, this is a very short-sighted, um, it, it just, it speaks volumes on Esau's uh, mentality and thought process. You know, are you that short-sighted that you would sell everything that you have as being the firstborn away for one serving of food and some bread? I mean, this is why Esau was not favored by God. Plus, he, he legitimately sold his birthright to Isaac. So Isaac legitimately, I mean, no, Isaac, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Let me back up Jacob. So Jacob, from this point on, regardless of what else happened, Jacob was legitimately the owner of this birthright. Just as God had said, the older shall serve the younger. And it's legitimate from this point forward. So we need to make sure that we're valuing the things we have, the blessings we have from God. This is, this is kind of an example of how when we don't value what we have, when we take, take these things for granted, it is so easy to lose them by not valuing what we have, by not realizing how important what we have is. You know, maybe we don't value our fam family as much as we should, or, or a certain family member even, or who knows. I mean, and that's just one example that pops into mind, but there could be all kinds of things. We don't value God's blessings. He, he blesses us with uh, um, so many things that it is hard to pick just one thing. But let's say you don't value your car, so you don't really take care of it properly. You don't have it maintained. And you know that's a recipe for disaster. The same for your house. Um, the same for your relationships with your friends and your family. Uh, the same for your relationship with the Lord. We are all blessed and, and children of God. Let's keep that relationship in focus. Let's keep that relationship going. That's probably the most important relationship. And if you think about it in that sense, think of the birthright we have as children of God. Don't give that away. Don't sell that for temporary pleasure here on this earth. It's not worth it. Don't give up your salvation for, what, a meal or a little bit of fun for a few minutes or whatever it might be that you're into. And I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not even thinking of necessarily anything specific. But, you know, the things in this world, the things we have are not as important as our status as children of God. All right, so I've really kind of gone through that, and I think, it's, I think it's something to think about. I think it's important, but that is the end of Genesis chapter 25. It's a very good lesson here, and there's so many ways to look at and, and uh, just uh, learn from this lesson here and how not to be. You know, do not follow Esau's example. So, there's a lot to learn there. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe.
And remember, God loves you.